Good day, mates. Welcome back to the Top Step. My name is Ryan Roland Smith. Now, first of all, I want to address last week's episode with Peter Moylan, Liam Hendricks, and Grant Balfour. I got a lot of really cool emails uh, through the website and uh, even on social media asking, requesting that those three come back on. Uh, it's going to happen. I um, a little group chat with the three of them. They're all very keen to come back on. They loved it. It was a lot of fun. I also had a, a couple more, a couple other requests too. To get Shane Lindsay. Now, we talked about Shane Lindsay. I mentioned him on the podcast being the craziest, the tip of the iceberg when it comes to craziness, Australian baseball, major leaguers. This guy pitched in the big leagues. This guy's got some unreal stories. So I've got a couple of requests to bring him on because uh, he was mentioned. And so I, I reached out to him. He's going to join He's going to join us. So he's going to join uh, Liam, uh, Grant, and myself uh, that's going to be hilarious. This guy is on another level when it comes to funny. So I appreciate you guys reaching out. Um, and so make sure you subscribe too so you don't miss that episode. Also too, speaking of, apparently uh, if you leave reviews, it helps out the podcast. So if you go on Apple or Stitcher or wherever you uh, Spotify, whatever it is that you listen to this podcast, make sure you leave me a review, good one. Or you can leave me a bad one if you want. That's fine. But leave a review. I guess it helps the uh, the podcast. But this has been a lot of fun, man. This, this last run of episodes has been a lot of fun. This one is just as fun. Good friend of mine, Mr. Chris Martin. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'm not lead singer of Coldplay, all right? This guy's even cooler than that. Uh, Chris is a pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. He pitched in the playoffs. Um, I don't want to bring this up in case he's listening to this right out of the gates. But uh, gave up a big home run to lose to the Dodgers. Dodgers went under the World Series and ended up winning. That was Chris Martin who gave up that home run. We talk about that in this. This is how cool this dude is. We, we talk about it uh, during this episode. He also talks about how good the LA Dodgers are at picking up pitches. Like if you tip in your pitches and everything else, it's really interesting uh, towards the end of this end of this chat. But Chris has got an amazing story. This guy went from playing a bit of college ball, having a sore arm, washing out, stacking shelves, working at UPS coming back, playing in, in some indie ball, signing professionally, off to the big leagues, and now he just signed a two-year deal with the Atlanta Braves, and uh, such a good dude. We have, we have a lot of fun on this episode, so I'll get right to it. Hope you enjoy this episode as Chris Martin joins me on The Top Step. No matter what happens, Ryan Rowan Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. <laughs> Face Hall of Famer. Famer. <laughs> Especially if he strikes them out. Here comes the one-two pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball. He struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life. <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. And the inning is over. What You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Chris Martin, how are we doing, buddy? How's the orthodontist? You know, what's funny is uh, I walked in and they were like, um, you don't have an appointment today. They said November 19th, Thursday. You're kidding. Yeah, that's what oh. I told them. That's why you, uh, I told them that's why you uh, you tell my wife these things. So that. Uh, <laughs> so you drove, because it was, you said it was like an hour and a half to get there or something, right? Yeah, so luckily my parents, they live, they still live in Dallas, so uh, I let my dad borrow a trailer, and uh, 
he was helping my grandma move. So I needed to go down there and pick that up anyways. So it ended up working out. Ended up working out. So, you, so you're on, so <laughs> you said you're on a ranch right now. I, I know it looks like you're in San Fran. If you're watching this, <laughs> I can see it. Dude, I wasn't, back, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting Chris Martin to be hanging out in San Francisco by the sightseeing at the Golden Gate. Dude, I looked, I was like, hold on a minute. But you, so you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're on, you're up at a ranch hour and a half away from what civilization or what? Oh yeah. Yep. I'm about, uh, I'm about 30 minutes South of the Oklahoma border. So no way. is that, and yep. that's your ranch. You bought that? Yeah. I bought that this off season and, uh, just doing some work out here. And you, that's where you live all off season, spend the whole time out there? Yeah, I live about 20 minutes from this ranch. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So then who do you, if you, is it that remote that you have to find like a throwing partner and all that? How does that all work? Yeah. So luckily there, there's a high school, obviously uh, down the road and uh, just uh, one of the kids, he'll meet me up at the field and will throw and I have a I'm in the process of my own gym at my house so oh, nice. that'll be nice so I won't have to drive 20 minutes to work out so so some Let's poor high sc- some poor high school kid has to has to take 96 and then what 92 mile per hour cutters off the pump. yeah <laughs> they, do, they do all right with the straight stuff it's when you start throwing the cutters <laughs> and sliders they have they have a tough time so 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 Chris you and I we played together in 2013 um, that's when I first met you. I've got to tell you this story. I may have told you this. I may not have. And I don't even know, even know if this is just a you know, memory that you don't even think about back then because you've come so far, man, obviously in your career. And, and I want to dive into that a little bit. You know, you're an indie ball guy, basically, right? Yeah. So I, I, I'm in spring training with the Red Sox at Fort Myers. And I remember walking on one of the backfields. We had these inner squads going on. And there's like a four pack of fields. And on one field, you had, um, I'll throw the names out there. I wasn't going to, but it doesn't matter. Um, Anthony Renato was, pitch, was thrown off on one field. Then you had uh, Brandon Workman. You had you and someone else. So I'm walking in there and I've just come, I mean, I've spent, I had spent, you know, my minor league career with the Mariners coming up and you see a bunch of studs everywhere, whatever. I walked in, the Red Sox in 2013, their minor league system. I'm looking around going, everyone's six foot five. You know, 95, 96 with a nasty breaking ball, three pitch mix. So I walk onto these backfields and I'm like, dude, look at these dudes. And I'm talking to someone. I can't remember who was in the dugout. I said, everyone, I was like, look at these prospects, man. There's a bunch of, you know, a bunch of dudes here. And someone said, and I swear to God, and I, I mean, you're not going to get offended now. Someone's like, oh, well, yeah, this guy over here is just an indie ball guy. These two guys are yeah. prospects. I remember that. Yeah. I remember, I remember that. It was so funny because. Here I am. I don't know you from a bar of soap, right? I don't know the other dudes from a bar of soap. And I've been around the game long enough. I've played in the big leagues. And so I'm watching. I'm like, nasty, right? And, and these two other dudes were friggin' nasty too. I mean, it was some serious right. stuff. But all of a sudden, there was that, that thing in my head. And then watching you do your thing, you started the year in double A that year. Then you went to triple A, right, with us. And you, yeah. you, I mean, you dominated, right? And I was like, how is this dude not in the big leagues? At that point, i got to ask you this. At that point, because you had your time in, in, in indie ball, I don't know if you were really considered someone who they were looking at at that point to go to the big leagues. But for you, what, what do you feel like? At what point did you feel like, man, I'm going to get myself on the radar here. I'm going to be a, a, an established major league pitcher. Oh, man. 
I feel like actually that year in that 2013 AAA bullpen, whenever, you know, I had guys like you and Vieto and um, Alex Wilson telling me that I'm a big leaguer pretty much. Yeah. It's just, you just got to wait your turn or wait till you're, uh, you get the call. You know, I do remember that year. Luckily I was naive enough to not even really understand what was going on. Yeah. Um, but I look back at it now and I know the Red Sox won the world series that year. And I know every, you know, there's a lot of guys that deserve to go up that year and, you know, just that wasn't my time for that, that year. And, you know, I learned a lot that season and, and, you know, just kept, you know, I think that's what's great about baseball. Like you said, um, you yeah. saw those, you saw me, Renato and Workman and, you know, I was a guy that kind of came out of nowhere and, you know, you have a lot of those stories and I think that's why baseball is such a, such a cool sport to be able to watch and see some guys come up and that you don't expect. So. It wasn't like you were five foot six throwing 88, right? So, so go back a couple of years prior to that. Cause again, I didn't know, I didn't know your history whatsoever. So you went to, a, you went to a JUCO? Yeah, I went to a JUCO in Waco, Texas, McLennan Community College. Um, I think that was 2005 and six injured in 2006 had surgery in 07. This is just the cliff notes. Yeah. Um, uh, I was drafted in 04 out of high school, turned it down. 05 out of Juco turned it down. And then the injury kind of, you know, kind of bit me and then wasn't the greatest in school and kind of just petered out. And, uh, 2008 tried out indie ball after after shoulder surgery and my arm was still bothering me and that's when I kind of hung it up for a while. How hard were you throwing in? The year that I got hurt, my sophomore year in junior college, I was starting to fill out, mature, get bigger, gotcha. stronger. Um, I was 93, 94. Gotcha. Freshman year, I was just 88, 89. Good control, just yeah. you know, I had a lot. I needed a lot of maturity to to happen and uh it started to happen but you know injury happened so that's just is what it is so you get you get hurt right and you're trying out for an indie ball team because at that point you already turned down and drafted twice you sort of still had that feeling like man i can still play professional friggin' baseball here man and at that point you surely was still bugging you right so you go you go into the, to try for this indie ball team where were you at at that point? Like, we, we, we are we talking like throwing 85s and just like, uh, where's this going? In 08, after my shoulder? Yeah, actually I was. It was 85, 86. I, may, I actually made the team. It was the Fort Worth Cats. Mm-hmm. And I ended up making the team. I just, uh, after the tryout, I couldn't throw. I couldn't pick my arm up for, it was like five days until I could actually throw again right. without it bothering me. And that's when I decided to shut it down. <clears throat> and you just basically got out of the game? Yeah, you know, luckily I had friends still playing, like Logan Andrusek, um, Dylan G, guys that were in the big leagues at that time that I was right there with growing up. And I think that kind of kept the motivation, kept the kept the spark going. So what were you doing? When you got out, when you said, I'm shutting this down, injury, you know, that, that, that same old story, man. I, you get it from like the – you got a spring training in Arizona. You got some waiter who, you know, he's in decent shape. He goes, yeah, I used to play ball through 96 and I blew my arm yeah. out. And it's like, okay. But when, when you were sort of in that situation where you felt like I'm never going to get healthy, this is not going to happen. What'd you go do? Uh, mom and dad told me to go get a job <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I worked at, uh, I worked at UPS, the, gotcha. the 
and loaded trucks and you know did manual were, labor for a while the brown outfit or what the shorts well i started off wearing them yeah because I, I was actually a i was actually a helper during christmas because you know it gets crazy with packages and yeah pretty much running packages to the door <laughs> and so during that time what what was it what was that day or what was that conversation you mentioned you had some buddies who were playing and they just said come on dude like because it's still man it's, it's not like you can just go oh, okay i'm gonna go play and then two days later boom try out and there's there's a long process after that right so what was that one day or that conversation uh you know i never really had a conversation with any of them you know i just in the back of my mind i was like man if this if my arm was just ever give me a chance to be able to throw consecutive days in a row right i'll give it another shot and i think you know i could have probably went and got a better job somewhere but i felt like if i did that you know it would kind of take away from me wanting to get back into baseball so yeah. i just uh you know for four years i worked at ups i worked in an appliance warehouse and uh you know, playing slow pitch softball, which was a lot of fun. But you know, I, my my arm still bothered me quite a bit. And and uh, 2000, I think it was 2010, is whenever I my I had a friend that was playing in a men's league and wanted me to come out and play. And I was like, I'll go out and play. And you know, I could pitch. I have yeah, I have nothing to lose. I go out and pitch, and the next day my arm wasn't bothering me it was weird um that is weird yeah <laughs> lifting all those boxes at ups got you in shape you know my dad jokes about it but that's what he said <laughs> yeah, have you have you P peter moylan's doing some stuff uh with fox with the braids i know have you have you had a chance to meet peter moylan yet i don't think i've met him but i know who you're talking about he's kind of got uh, a tattoo yeah tattoos right australia yeah i mean he, he's yeah. you know he, he massive career in the big leagues but i don't know if you know his story dude i mean he, he went he went and played rookie ball got arrested on the beach um went home just started you know started his life over and then he's playing like in a men's league or he's on bp the kids he's like man my arm feels amazing and then he like dropped his arm slide down to here literally 10 like 10 years later i've had him on the podcast he's, he's a buddy of mine and uh 10 years later he's throwing, he's like, he's throwing gas with sink, right? Like 94s, 95s with sink. And then our, the manager for the Aussie team, the WBC's coming up. He's like, do you want to do that? I mean, do you want to join the team? He's like, really? Sweet, let's do it. Next thing you know, signs for the Braves. He goes from rookie ball 10 years ago, starts off, I think he starts off in AAA, boom, to the big leagues a month later. 10 years later, he's in the big leagues. It's crazy. Different to you. You didn't get arrested on the beach. Yeah, right. Surprising. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> It sucks I haven't met him because, you know, I got with, I got traded over to the Braves. I was there for two months and then COVID. So we weren't able yeah. to meet him. Right. We weren't able to really talk to anybody. So yeah, Maybe, figured, hopefully next year. I figured that, man. It's such, such a crazy story. Like, again, and I'll just go back to – because I was thinking about this before, I, you know, reconnecting and talking to you. Just, like, when you see someone – I feel like everyone has that little backstory – you know, all that adversity that they've had to go through, you know, and, and with you walking onto those backfields and watch, watching you throw, I'm like, yeah, he's a stud. And then all of a sudden someone puts that in your brain. And then that's kind of like, that's kind of like your, your identity, so to speak. 
and it could be good or bad. You know what I mean? And you talk about right. in AAA, you were dealing, man. In AAA, we had, that, that bullpen was nasty. It was a blast, too. Yeah. I, had a, I, had a, I had a blast sitting up in that bullpen. But you were dealing, and it's so funny because, like, the identity for you, I guess, at that point, not that I'd been with the Red Sox before that, was uh, indie ball guy, so he's not a prospect, not a priority, whatever. And sure enough, man, the next year, did you, you were a free agent and you signed with the Rockies. Did you have a chance to sign back with the Red Sox in 2014? No, I got traded. Oh, from the Red Sox. Oh, so you, yeah, that's right. You were with the Red Sox the next year, right? Yeah. That's yeah, right. I still had, I still had a lot of years left. Right. Because okay, you're yeah, still under a minor <clears throat> contract. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That's probably the best thing. You know, obviously it would have been great to be a Red Sox, but probably one of the best things for my career to go over to Colorado that year, you know, it was crazy. You know, they're shipping guys up and down, which was yeah. good for me. It got my foot in the door. It got me a debut and, you know, I did well for a couple of weeks and they were just going through a process of trying to find somebody that could stick yeah. and pitch in Colorado. And, uh, you know, they didn't stick with me the next off season. I got DFA'd, which, you know, things like that, I think getting DFA'd, you can either sink or, sink or swim really. Yeah. Um, it's just however you want to take it. And I, I wanted to swim. I wanted to, yeah. you know, I wasn't giving up. So, you feel like too, and, and going back to the end of 2013, because I remember having some conversations with you. I was a free agent. And I was like, man, I, I had a good year too. I had an appendectomy right in the middle of the year. But I was like, I was like, I was, you know, I was feeling it again. I was like, man, I, I want to get back to the big league. Because I was, I was, you know, fighting and scratching and clawing to get back. And one of the other options for me, because I was way older, was to go play in Japan. I was like, man, I'd love to check that box and go to Japan and the whole thing. Uh, I remember text you and I were texting each other back and forth and you had an offer to go play in Japan, right? At that point. Yeah. At the end of, yeah. At the end of 13. And wasn't it, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Chris Carpenter, not, not as in Chris Carpenter, who we played with the, yeah. the Red Sox, who had a bit of time in the big leagues. Right? <laughs> he ended up going to Japan. Was that you had the offer, you turned it down and then they took him. Is that right? I don't know. I think so. I think it is how it worked out. I just remember it was a very short conversation with my, I guess my agent called Boston to see if, yeah. if they would let it happen and they wouldn't let me go. They wouldn't let you go. They, right. they wouldn't release me. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So that wasn't a situation because I remember I was like, man, you know, like sounds great for you. Make finally make some money because I mean, there you are, you know, you're working at UPS minor leagues. You, you, everyone knows the deal. Minor leagues don't make any money. And you're getting to that right. point, you're what, you're 24, 25. You know, you're getting beyond 27. 27. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I was kind of in that middle ra age range where it was like iffy. Yeah. If I should do it or not. Yeah. It's a tough call, man. And I remember, yeah. I, I remember you and I met up in 2014. It's, I think it was spring training right before spring training. And you were, you were, you were with the, the Rockies, but you were, I think you were kind of upset that you didn't get a chance to go play in Japan. And I was like, dude, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, you know, stroking myself here. Right. But I, was, I was like, dude, you, you're fine. You're going to play in the big leagues. It's all good. Be patient. Yeah. But it's amazing how that stuff works out, you know, because you think about it, you go over to Japan at that point, who knows, who knows what happens, right? You know, it could be a situation right. where you don't have any big league experience under your belt. They may look at you differently than the, the, the other guys that, that go over. So, yeah, you're exactly so, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Um, and then you, you said you get your foot in your door, you get DFA'd again, the Yankees grab you. 
pitch a little bit with the Yankees, and then sure enough, off you go. By this point, is your choice to go play in Japan at that point? Yes. Right. Yeah. So right. yeah, the Yankees ended up. I asked for my release gotcha. from the Yankees. Gotcha. You know, I I just saw. Uh, I mean, just like. I mean, the Yankees, they had a bunch of young guys yeah. throwing 95-plus. Yeah. And I just saw, you know, me. I think I was 28 at the time. Yeah. And I just saw, like, they're going to go to these young guys before right. me. And I just felt like it was – I don't know if it was the right decision, but it ended up working out for me. So. Yeah, man, it's, it's tough, dude. When you're in that place where – you just feel like you're just going to get leapfrogged by every young dude. If it's a big market team or, you know, whatever it is, that's like when, when I signed with the D backs after the Red Sox, I'm like, okay, I need to, you know, big market team. The, the Red Sox can just buy people on top of you, but the, the Red Sox said, Hey, we want to resign you. This is 2014 after you and I played together. And I said, just be honest, man. I'm old. <laughs> be honest with me. Right. What chance do I have making that team in spring training? And they're like, well, we've got this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy's like, thank you, done, no chance. You had young guys, prospects, and then you had these guys who are just, they're not going anywhere. I was like, all right, I'm out, you know? And it worked out. I got, I got a chance to, to get back in the big leagues with the D-backs. But it's amazing, dude, like the way that process works. You go to Japan and talk, talk to me through, talk me through that because look, I'm from Australia. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm well-traveled and enlightened and open-minded, but Chris Martin, yeah, you're living on your ranch in Texas, right? mm -hmm. off to Japan. Was it a shock? Talk me through, first of all, talk me through the process of how you got there, right? When, after you asked for your release, how you got there, and then once you got over there. Talk me through it, dude. Yeah, I think it was the end of 2015 season. I started getting a lot of, a lot of interest of, to go over there and uh, – one team and the fighters in particular are the ones they're they were coming at me pretty hard um luckily i think the biggest thing that helped me when i went over there is i got married right before i went over right and you know if i were to go over there you know without my wife i don't know man i may have come home <laughs> what well, that first do that how come it's just different yeah. um baseball is a little bit different yeah. You know, you go over there, you have a little bit of an ego. If you have a slight ego when you're over there thinking that you're better than those guys, it's tough. You got to you gotta completely get rid of that. Put your pride aside and just kind of, you know, give in to what they're doing over there and, and, it's just, and just focus on playing baseball. It took me about a month to do that. Yeah. Hold on a second. It took me about a month to do that and realize, you know, it's either it's either you stick it out and play and yeah. or go home and be done pretty much. Or, yeah. You know, so yeah, my wife definitely helped me through that whole process. She it was, it was difficult. That's all I can say. I mean, so, so it wasn't a situation because I've heard. I mean, I've heard mixed reviews. You know, obviously from friends of mine and guys who have success over there or some guys like, man, like as soon as I got over there, I was just blackballed because I did this. So you went over there. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to another country and this is great. I'm, I'm in love with this place. You, you struggled being over there, living over there and, and being away from the usual culture, you baseball culture you used to, right? Yeah. I think that one of the biggest things is, you know, how far away you are. 
you know, it's not a hop on, hop on a plane ride, you know, and be close to your family if anything were to happen. Um, it was a mental, it was mentally a grind. Um, but, uh, you know, once baseball got going and, and, uh, you know, it's the same game, just a little bit different style of baseball. Now you're, you're but, six, you're six foot five, right? Six, eight. Six, eight. <laughs> Yeah, a six eight. That's right. You're uh, actually, you I would get pulled over. I'd get pulled over on, you know, walking the streets and wanting people wanting to take pictures with me. Probably had no idea I even played baseball there. They just because <laughs> I was tall. That's hilarious. That's so, like, uh, yeah, my 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 daughter. She was, I think she was two or three. We went over there for the World Baseball Classic, and she's got blonde hair, you know, blue eyes, yeah. and like teenage girls and like twenty year old girls were freaking out and giving her like these yep. little presents and stuff on the subway it was so funny dude yeah and i'm like oh surely they recognize me because i'm a superstar worldwide but i'm like yeah i'm just i'm obviously joking but so (laughs) (laughs) with that man so did your wife go over with you the whole time yes yes well the their spring training is kind of like a military boot camp so they wouldn't allow women (laughs) so the so for two weeks uh, she wasn't there, but got through that. And she met me in Sapporo, okay. which, you know, after that month, I ended up, I, I miss it sometimes now. Um, some of the food there, their culture, yeah. uh, you know, once you kind of get used to it, it's, it's not too bad. So, all right. So you had the military boot camp to kick off. Were you all in though? <laughs> I've heard, I've heard um, from friends of mine have been over there that you can go over and I don't know if this is a mistake because they kind of get mad at you for doing it, but you can go over and you, and if you say, Oh, I'm only throwing my 35 pitch bullpen and I'm running my poles and they do this crazy, you know, hour and a half stretch routine and a hundred pitch bullpen, but they kind of give you that option to say, Hey, you can do whatever you want, but it's kind of like a little secret little, all right, is this guy all in with us or is he just going to be on his own program? And apparently, and you tell me, man, if I'm wrong here, but, if you do decide to do your own thing, you better deal. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I mean, the team that I was on is, was really good with foreign players. Yeah. And they gave you, they give you opportunity after opportunity because they knew, you know, you're, you're in a whole new culture. Yeah. You're, you're trying to get, you're trying to figure everything out. And there's some teams that are like, Hey, we brought you over here to, you know, to help us win now. Yeah. Like, right. and if you don't do it now, you're going to the minor leagues and you're never going to see that guy again. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, the, the fighters were good about, Hey, do your thing. I don't think they actually, I can see other teams maybe telling you that. And then if you didn't, they would look at you differently, but I truly don't think the fighters saw it that way. But yeah, I mean, I pitched well the whole time there, so it's tough. And every foreign guy that I, we, that was over there with me, everybody did well. Right. So I didn't see anybody not succeed when I was over there, at least. So I don't know what that looks like if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't imagine you, dude, like doing some, you know, some yoga on steroids, hour and a half, some crazy, crazy stuff. And then uh, I, know, I remember, man, they do abs for an hour long. And after yeah. about 10 minutes, I was rolling around just acting like I was doing it. It was like, PE again in elementary yeah, right. where the teacher looks at you, you act like you're doing something. But did you? So you were there for two years. Did you sign a two-year deal or a one-year deal? Then you re-signed. I signed a two-year. Yeah. Gotcha. 
Okay. After the first year, were you like, man, I don't know if I can do this again? Or by that point, you're like, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm into this. Kind of mixed. Yeah, right. It was like kind of a drag having to go back. But I think that second year was great. Yeah. You know, I got there. I was comfortable. I knew everybody. Yeah. I knew where to go eat. I knew how to get around. It was just a, it was so much easier than that first year. And finally you got some cash, right? You got some money in your pocket too. So I guess you look at that, you go home. I don't know how many months you get off in the off season. I know that they're pretty grueling when it comes to being over there early and stuff like that. But at least you're like looking at things like, oh, I can actually start my life now. I can buy a house, you know, or yeah. my wife, my family can get started because I do have some money going. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that off that that security has helped me in on my way back into yeah. the big leagues, right? Major leagues. So after the second <clears throat> year, dude, it's so hard. And you see it more often now. I mean, you know, Colby Lewis did it. How getting back to the U S cause a lot of people say, once you go, man, that's it. Right. It's a little bit different. Now you came back and you had success. You see some guys come back and they sign a minor league deal, invite to spring never works out because they really don't have anything to gauge it off. How, what was the process like you signed back with the Rangers Right? How did how did that come about? At, at the end of that second year, did someone watch you pitch the last couple of years? How 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 was that process? I think uh, what helped me the most is Shohei Otani. He was on my team, really, in in Japan. So everyone was there watching him. <clears throat> you kidding? So I'm sure they were over there watching him, and then uh, stumbled across, hey, Martin's over here doing well too. Let's wow. keep an eye on him. And uh, you know, I talked to the Rangers a little bit. You know just meeting some of the guys and yeah. why they're over there looking at Shohei. But, you know, I had no idea um, what that process was going to be like when I got back. I just trusted my agent to to kind of help me through it all. Which it, Was he just a god over there, Shohei? Yeah. Honestly, that, that helped too, being able to watch him and yeah. seeing this guy, you know, doing pitching and hitting. And it, was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Good dude. Good guy, yeah. Yeah. Wait, do you, do you I mean, obviously, obviously, it's tough, you know, to really yeah. get to know somebody that doesn't speak your language, but did the best we could. At that point, too, I mean, I don't know how many years it was after that that he came to the U.S. Was he talking about when you played with him? Was he talking about how I don't know how big of a conversation you guys would have in the locker room or something, something like that? But that was always on the radar for him, where he wanted to come over and, and you know play in the U.S. and dominate anything like that he talked about that he wanted to do because the whole I'm up here in Seattle. They were all in on trying to get Shohei to come to Seattle all in. I mean, that just, that was the one priority. That's it. Then boom, signs with the angels and everyone up here is upset over it. Was there anything that like, sort of that, you know, like that tipped you off as far as what team he was going to go to? What is he looking for? Nothing, anything like that? No, I, I tried to get it out of like his interpreter now is our interpreter in Japan and for the fighter. So gotcha. he was my interpreter. So tried to get it out of him all the time. Yeah. Uh, Ipe is his name. We tried to ask him, Hey, what's Shohei thinking about? And then we give him ideas. I was trying to get him to go to Texas cause I grew up there and I was a Rangers fan. And I think they're obviously every team was coming at him pretty hard, but yeah, I was just as surprised as everyone else when he went to the Angels. And then you come back, and you were a Rangers fan growing up, right? Yeah. So he uh, two years in Japan, right, thousands of miles away. Obviously, the culture is completely different. You're away from your family, away from, you know, 
basically you and your wife basically doing it together. Then you come back now, boom, you're playing with your, the team you grew up watching. Yeah, I think Texas knew that I, that was my – that's where I grew up, and they came at me pretty early, and they probably knew I was pretty anxious to get back yeah. and sign a major league deal. And, you know, I signed it pretty quick. Yeah. I was excited. You know, I was 6,000 miles away, and now I'm 10 minutes away. Yeah. That's, that's so, awesome. I could, you know, I could catch up with all the family time missed. So, it was a pretty easy decision for me to make. Now, with the with the Braves just recently, was this – correct me if I'm wrong here. I thought I had it written down somewhere. First time in the playoffs this year? Uh, well, when I got traded over the Braves, the NLDS, I came in and blew my oblique out in the warm-up pitch. But but you were there, right? So, you, you, I mean, you, you were basically around. I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. I forgot about that, dude. That's right. <laughs> Thought me through yeah. that. What, so, what was the what was the aftermath of that? Are your teammates ripping you or what? You know, they actually just sent me home right away. So oh, they wow. wanted me to go to Florida. You know, I would have been eligible to come back for the World Series, but you know, it was pretty bad actually. So I ended up going home, and uh, you know, I watched it from the house. I guess no way. They, they didn't want any distractions, and yeah, that was uh, that was not the. That's not one of the best points in my career when that happened. So this year, I know, this year was there was a lot of first, this year was basically your first like real crack at pitch being being a dude on a playoff on a playoff roster, right? Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. ask you this, man. 2020 was so different, right? Well, obviously, we all know that, right? 2020 was so bizarre. 60 games. When you talk to other guys on your team who'd played in the playoffs in years past, was there was there was there sort of vibe on 2020 playoffs where they're like, this is completely different. It's not the same, not as cool or not the same, you know, adrenaline or anything like that. Or what's the reaction like with that? Oh man. I, I feel like that's probably what we're going, what was going through a lot of there. I didn't really have that conversation with anybody, but for me, I felt like, I felt like going up to it, it was going to feel that way. Yeah. But I think once you got into the game and it was com- time to compete, yeah. and you knew what was on the line, obviously I don't know. I don't have anything to to gauge it off. I'm gonna I'm gonna obviously say with fans it would have been a lot different. Yeah. But I feel like wanting to win and doing all that was is just, was just the same. But yeah. You know, with the fans, I don't know how much more that would have affected the situation. Obviously, it probably would have, but I don't know how it affected the outcome of where yeah. we were where we went to and the reason i ask that is because you know you've got you get on twitter for example right and you've got oh you know the dodgers win and i know obviously i know they beat you and we're going to talk about that in a second but um (laughs) the dodgers win and it's like oh it's an asterisk it doesn't mean anything because it's a covid year and all this kind of stuff if you're in that situation you're a player you just got done playing in the playoffs you win that world series is that absolute bogus the asterisk yeah Bogus. Absolutely, but yeah. They they deserve that trophy. I mean, this year was exhausting. I mean, obviously there's no fans, but it was an exhausting year. Mentally, mentally you're just – I was exhausted, man. Yeah. Uh, It was just a different kind of year. A lot of different stuff we had to go through. You weren't able to 
you weren't able to leave or do anything to get your mind off of baseball. It was just, you know, it felt like a full season, in my opinion. So you but, guys, during the season, you guys couldn't, you didn't leave the hotel. That was like a team decision. Like, hey, no one leave. Let's, let's stay healthy. No one spread the COVID through. Obviously, you had a couple of the teams. So you guys basically get to a city, boom, you're, in, you're inside the hotel. Yeah. God, man, that would just. We weren't even able to leave to get a cup of coffee. I mean, wow. we had to have everything sent to the room. And, uh, yeah, it was tough. You were pretty much on lockdown. So if you're making your, if you're, if, if it's your, your, your rookie year, I couldn't imagine, man. I remember I, I got to the big leagues the first couple of months. I was just blown away by the lifestyle, right? Getting to do some cool, yeah. some cool shit. You know, you get to that big league city and you, you cruise around you, the interaction with the fans and everything else. They got none of that family, not even there to watch that debut or watch to see that first strikeout or whatever it may be. You know, that's something that, that people don't really take into account. The other thing I want to ask you too, Justin Turner, Runs on the field. He got tested for COVID. He's test positive. Gets taken out of the game. Now, my opinion, I've been asked about this, um, even from a, you know, publicly, media, from the last couple of days. My, if that's me, right? Now, again, this is nothing politically to do with COVID or, the, or the, the severity of it. My initial instinct is this may never happen again. I may never get to celebrate winning a World Series. Screw this, man. I'm running onto this field right? What, as a player, just getting done with these playoffs and everything you've been through this year, what's your take on Justin Turner? What would you have done if you were him? Man, same thing he did probably. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm>, you know, <laughs> I hate to admit it, man. You I'm know, with you. Like, I just, I wouldn't be able to help myself. And then I'll just, you know, I'd have to apologize afterwards and, you know. It's not a popular choice, I don't think, for some, but Man, you just – I mean, you're, you're around your teammates. Yeah. Um, I don't think they had an issue with it. Or if they did, they'd probably have been like, hey, dude, like, yeah. get away. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Dave Roberts was sitting right there right, next to him. He's, you know, he's vulnerable with this, with the COVID. But I would have done – if they would have let me, yeah. which I don't know, different organizations, yeah. you know, were a little bit different with the whole situation. But, yeah, I would have tried to bust out there and – hold the trophy and you know that's what you yeah i would have done the same thing yeah no I, i'm with you man i hate to admit it and you know i mean people can can you know judge because i you just again man you get on social media it's the worst thing ever i don't know how active you are on social media dude but like yeah i can't help myself i just get in that zombie scroll and flicking through stuff and i'm just like pulling my hair out uh, you know over some of this stuff and i just unless you've been there and you would know you would know a lot better than me. I get asked about it. I'm like, oh, I'll have to ask Chris this, man. He knows way better than me. Until you're in that moment and you realize that I may never, ever get this so friggin' hard, not only one, to get a chance to play in the playoffs, and number two, win a World Series. It's one of those split-second decisions. Like, I am just – I'm out. I'm out there. I'm around my boys. Yeah. I, I can tell you a pretty cool story. When I was with Colorado, we would um, – after our workouts – Everybody would line up, and we. this is how we condition sometimes. And the strength coach, we'd have the whole team lined up. This is spring training, so there's tons of guys. Yeah. And he would say, if you have three years in the big leagues, like, if you don't have three years in the big leagues, run. And, you know, obviously the guys would stand there. And then he said, if you've been in the playoffs, if you haven't been in the playoffs, run. It got smaller. 
if you've been in the NL, whatever, ALCS championship series, it got smaller. And at the very end, it was, if you've won a World Series, don't run. There was one guy standing there. It was, I think it was Franklin Morales, and that was in 2013. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it just kind of opened your eyes up. You're like, man, you know, when you get that opportunity, you yeah. better. That's awesome. That That's, dude, that, that's, that's legit, man. We're, we're, you know, doing that. I mean, that, it's so true, man. Like even Mike Sweeney, I played with Mike Sweeney with the Royals forever. Guy played 15 years, five-time All-Star, never played in the playoffs until his last year where basically we gave him a, a we traded him to the Phillies so he could do that. You know, like his last year of playing. That's like Felix, man. Yeah. Felix was with you this year, Felix Hernandez. Yeah. Dominated, never played in the playoffs, ever. You know? I mean, a guy like that to never play, that's crazy. Yeah, that's nuts, you know, and that, that's how tough it is. And that's why you take some of that consideration into Justin Turner. And, you know, he, he can, he, whatever, I mean, if I, I'm not going to, I'm not his PR person, but <laughs> go ahead and do your, apologize to do what you got to do, you know. But, yeah, do it and then apologize later. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. And, and I hate to say it, but hey, speaking of the Dodgers, man, you, you gave up a home run, Corey Seager. Sorry, yeah, Corey Seager, right? In that Bellinger. last game. Talk me through that. Now, not obviously the at-bat. Obviously, you didn't want to, you know, th- throw that pitch and made a mistake, hung or whatever. Talk me through the seconds after you gave up that home run. The seconds after that were, all right, I got to get the next guy. Because, yeah. you know, if I give up any more runs here, you know, obviously we're down more. And, you know, it's, we got two innings left to score runs. And at the time, I mean, I had total confidence in our offense to, you know, come out and, and score some runs, but um, I think his name's Urias. I don't know how you say his last name. Yeah, I think he was underrated, one of the best guys in the postseason for them. Um, yeah. He finished out the NLCS and he finished out the World Series. Yeah, you know how hard it is to get the last three outs. You know, I think he threw three innings. Yeah, to end the NLCS and he just dominated. Um, the Dodgers were all around a good team. Yeah. You know, they didn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, when you made a mistake, they made you pay. Yeah. The solid all-around team. So then, all right, so then after the game, talk me through, like, your teammates and that. What, what were the conversations with, with them? And, and the reason I'm asking you this, obviously you and I know, right? I, I'm not going to be with a bunch of dudes who I get to play in the playoffs with or have that kind of chemistry with. And they're going to be like, oh, you let us down or any of this rubbish. But, <clears throat> again, I'm talking to people who may not know, Right. What were some of the conversations like with your teammates after that game with you and, you know, patting you on the back or, or whatever it may have been? For me, my emotions, I didn't know how to feel, really. Yeah. You know, I, I know I went out there and I – can you hear me? Yeah. You know, I, I know I went out there and gave it everything I got, you know, yeah. everything, you know, to that last pitch. And so that's why I didn't hang my head. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you don't want it to end that way, you know, especially for some of the guys that are a little bit, you know, that don't know the, their futures coming up in this. It could be everyone's last chance to be yeah. in that situation. You know, that's what's tough. Um, we just went around and everybody just we had each other back all year. That's why we got to that point. And. Yeah, I think obviously we're going to be thinking about it for a long, a long time until probably yeah. next year. It's a heartbreaker. You, uh, what's that? 
it's a heartbreaker, man. I feel like I feel like we had a really we do we have a really good team. We just yeah just fell a little short. Do you feel like it's going to be the same core of players next year? Like, do you feel like there is going to be some of your buddies that maybe getting dismantled from that team, or you feel like it's going to be that same kind of same unit, same chemistry? And you guys had, I mean, you you had that good team chemistry, right? Yeah, you know how baseball is, though. You never yeah. know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the yeah, you know the business side of it. So, is that important? Do you think the team chemistry side of things? You have to, like. Because it's something that, again, analytics now plays a massive role and about everyone, every player's on paper. Baseball's not – it's a team sport, but it's really not. It's very individualized. It's not like basketball or even football and, and sports like that. But do you feel like – you've been on a couple of different major league rosters now, um, whether it be Texas. Do you feel like to have success, to have a good team, every, guys have to get along or there has to be some kind of connection there with your teammates? I think it definitely helps. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, we had a great group of guys. Yeah. You know, everybody, you know, we had we had a great bond in the clubhouse. We all <clears throat> hung out after games as much as we could, obviously, with COVID. You know, it was a weird year. Um, COVID obviously made it, made it a little bit different. Yeah. I feel like sure. maybe COVID makes you come together a little bit, you know, more than, you know, a regular season. Yeah, but, but then uh, it's not like you can go cruise, you know, grab dinner and, and – you know, with your team, with your buddies too. I, I mean, you really weren't supposed to even be in anybody else's hotel room. Crazy, yeah. It was, you know, we did everything we could to have, you know, a good bond in that clubhouse. I think we did a really good job. So, dude, one other thing about baseball, and I'll let you go here in a second. I've, I've kept you too long. You, 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 you had your blown orthodontist appointment this morning. Yep. <laughs> that that up. Big time. All right, so talk me through. There's something that I saw, I noticed on social media again. I know you mentioned, you know, you talked about them as far as tipping your pitches, right? And that's something, guy, man, that's amazing. I've played with catchers who's like, hey, man, you're tipping your pitches. Really? Yeah. You feel like the Dodgers do a good job, and that's part of the game, right? You, if you're tipping your pitches, that's on you. But you, do, you feel like, do you feel like, like the Dodgers, for example, they're good at picking up those little things? Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. And I think they also do a really good job of preparing for the game. Right. You know, they have a good game plan. They stick to it. Yeah. And, you know, their bats, their bats sometimes feel like that they possibly could have your signs, but I think they just do a really good job of preparing for you. Yeah, right. They know what you're trying to do when you come into the game. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, watch, you watch them battle. They, they had really good at bats. Yeah, you notice that, man. There's just no holes. Like when you when you when you're watching those at bats, you're like, dude, there's just it's just exhausting. It looks like, you know. Well, Bellinger had the guy I gave the homer to had one hole, and I tried to go to it. And I think right. we all know what happened whenever you miss. You know, I made two mistakes in that at bat. I mean, I got away with one, and then I made another one. Yeah. In in Major League Baseball, you make two mistakes in one at bat. Yeah. You know, I wish it would have been a hard hit single, but you know. It was a homer, man. All right, man. Before I let you go, dude, what what do you got going on this off season? What what's the plan? Like, what what do you as a baseball player when you go into twenty twenty one? And we're hoping that it's one hundred and sixty two games. When you look back at twenty twenty, ways to improve or things that you got to pick up on. You go into this off season saying, okay, I need to firm this up. This has to be better. Is there anything that little checklist or a coach has said, hey, Chris, when you come back, we need to see this. 
I think just, you know, every year you ex your experience level goes up. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not big on overthinking things. I think I just go and, and fine tune everything that I have right now. I'm not right. going to try to make anything else up or, you know, I'm going to come into spring training in shape, you know, ready to go. And I'm just going to continue to do what I've been doing. Yeah, nice. No. Well, mate, it's been fun. Enjoy San Francisco. All right. Yeah. What were your options, by the way, for the backdrop? And again, if you listen to this, Marty's did I do got, it? Marty's got uh, the Golden Gate Bridge. I think did I do that back there? What's that? Did I do the background? I don't know. Did you tell me, man? <laughs> a, I don't know what's going on. I dude, I, I, uh, I rocked up. I, I had to do this thing from home, and, and I was I was messing around, like trying to mess with the dude I was talking oh. to on TV. <laughs> and there was this picture of like me sitting on a yacht. And no joke, we're like seconds away from me going on. I'm like, if this goes on TV and it looks like I'm sitting on my yacht, this is going to look ridiculous. And like literally split second, I went boom, 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 took it off. And it was just my, this just boring backdrop with my little, my little bobblehead. By the way, the Mariners pitching coach, there's a story. I don't want to give this story away because he's actually coming on the podcast. But, and again, if people are probably listen to this, but he got me a nice little gift. Uh, he's a fan of the show, actually. So that's, that's it. That, that's me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. awesome marty it's been fun dude i appreciate you you coming on and and, and letting it eat and and chatting dude hopefully you can uh join me another time no problem man awesome. stay in touch how are we doing mates hope you enjoyed that episode with my good buddy Chris Martin. Unreal story. That was a lot of fun. Uh, make sure you go to www.thetopstep.com slash podcast. Go check out uh, past episodes. Subscribe. Leave me a review. Go on Apple. Go on Spotify. Leave me a review. Um, that's the word on the street that helps. So hope you enjoyed that episode. I'll be back next week with an awesome, awesome guest. Look forward to it. I'll see you then, mates. Have a good week. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill.